On today's episode of the Locked On Texas, we talked the good, the bad, and the season finale and the future of the team. A lot of rumors, but there will be one truth starting tomorrow. But first. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Locked On Texas fans, to a last game Monday for a very long time. Not a victory Monday, but it is our last game recap, at least until August. You guys know me. I am John Hickman, and I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. Remember, we are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. Today's podcast is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all of the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL to get over the edge, to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. And I know that Houston, Texas took an L on Sunday. However, I do think that there are some things to be excited about moving forward. The Houston, Texas will have a very busy offseason for Cody. Sunday's game, going to dive into the numbers, look at the game, break it down. But if you can have one word to describe your feeling after Sunday's game, the 28 to 25 loss, what would it be? One word would kind of be hard, but if I could just sum up my feelings, I would just have to say at the end of the day, I am proud of what the Houston Texans in 2021 accomplished. And look, I get it. Yes, this was a very bad season i mean sometimes me and john came on here there was multiple times throughout this season him and i joked on whether or not we should pre-record the recap and just edit in the score because we were saying the same thing constantly over and over especially during that time midway through the season where they went on an eight game losing streak however i do want to say this and i also think this is something that nick casario and Jack Easterby and whoever else calling the shots inside NRG Stadium needs to take into consideration. Fans, listeners, and viewers, yes, the 2021 season was bad. It was probably one of the worst seasons in franchise history. But this was a team that was projected to win no more than one game. And that one game was only supposed to come in week one. And they ended this season with four victories on their record and there are times where you can go back and say it could have been at least five six or seven if the play calling would have been a little bit better there was promise that we saw throughout this season and it sucks because i really wanted those five wins especially if the texans would have been able to beat the 49ers last week because not only would that would have put the texans with five wins that would have opened the door for my Houston, for my New Orleans Saints to get into the playoffs, man. I'm sorry. God. You're sad. You're sad about it. Um, it no. hurts. <laughs> but on Sunday, I, I do want to break down what we saw from the quarterback, Davis Mills. Davis Mills, at one point, had attempted 14 passes of 14 or more yards, which is his season high. On those throws, he was 18 of 14. For 184 yards and two touchdowns. The 30-yarder to fellow rookie uh, wide receiver Nico Collins in the fourth quarter gave Mills the franchise single-season passing record 
for a rookie, which is now 2,664 yards, that was originally set by David Carr. And guys, remember, he didn't get the opportunity to play a full season. He didn't get an opportunity to start the season as a starter. Davis Mills at home, uh, 13 touchdowns compared to only one interception. And so this is a young man where we look at the chaos. We look at the who's going to be coach, who's going to be a new coordinator, who's who's going to be brought in, who's going to be let go. We look at a lot of storylines surrounding this team. But I think it is fair to say for at least one more year, hmm. the third rounder that was found, <laughs> I'm not going to say out of nowhere because when you, when you find a, a prospect like that, you do your due diligence and your research on who he is, right? But that third-round quarterback may possibly be, I'm not saying he is as of right now, but he may possibly be your next actual franchise quarterback. Not a bridge quarterback, not a quarterback that can hold it down for a year or two, but a guy that you would expect to be here for the next couple of years. Now, I do want to look at the game on Sunday, the 28-25 to loss to the Tennessee Titans. Davis Mills, over 300 yards, three-on-one, three touchdowns, zero interception, a 23 or 33 from the field, two sacks, a 69.6 QBR, but a 128 passer rating. As a team, the Houston Texans only rushed for 64 yards on 21 carries, totaling three yards per carry. Danny Amendola, who, you know, we joked a lot about him being 36. We joked a lot about why would you keep him over Anthony Miller throughout the year, but this is, I want to say, his second big game of the year. When we look at Danny Amendola, who caught seven touches, sorry, seven catches, for 113 yards and two touchdowns. Kind of looked at Rex Burkhead a couple of weeks ago. Like, do you bring him back for next year for whatever presence that you want on your roster? And then a couple of days later, which we will get to in the next couple of days here on the show, Rex Burkhead is getting an extension for the following year. But Danny Amendola had a great game. Uh, Nico Collins, after being held to zero catches in the first half, he came out in the second half with three catches, three catches and 67 yards. When I look at the Houston Texans as a total, they lost the time of possession 33 to 26 to the Tennessee Titans. I mentioned the 64 rushing yards on those 21 attempts, four penalties for 65 yards, including that big 45-yard penalty on Eric Murray that erased the Lonnie Johnson interception, who, by the way, I want to pause the show. That young man was benched. That young man this season Went through a lot of adversity, but what I will say is, if I'm the Houston Texans, I look to try to bring him back for next year. I don't necessarily want to move on from him because he played a damn good game at cornerback. I think he's more back. He's back in his more natural position. He's looked good at corner, but on yesterday, I think he looked phenomenal given his circumstances at the cornerback position. The Texans had 18 first downs, 11 of those coming through the air, the seven coming on the ground. No first downs due to penalties. Four from 11 on third down, one-on-one on fourth down. Again, they did everything that they could possibly do late in that game to try to make it a game and try to spoil the Tennessee Titans' chances of becoming the number one AFC seed. But first half was a lot for them to handle, and they eventually lost the game by three points. Yeah, John, and look, 
I'm looking at this game in two ways, and it's almost similar to last week, speaking of that game against the San Francisco 49ers, where it was a tale of two halves. Last year, I mean, last week they were good in the first half, bad in the second. This week, this week they were bad in the first half and good in the second half. And I know you're going to get into why the Houston Texans should improve their offensive line. And I agree with you. However, I don't know if they should use their first round pick on an offensive lineman. That's just me. But what I will say is this. I'm going to let you talk about the offensive line. It doesn't matter what they do to this O-line. Until they revamp this god-awful backfield, nothing is going to get done with the Houston Texans rushing attack. John. I understand it. I get it. Two weeks ago, we sung Rex Burkhead's praises because he had a game where he recorded almost a buck 50. It was one of the best games that we've seen a running back have here in the city of Houston in a very long time. He deserved it. But, John, the Houston Texans decided to re-sign this man and bring him back for the 2022 season. Now, once again... I understand it from a standpoint that this is an organization who is still trying to set their culture and Rick Burkhead is a guy that is going to be a leader in that locker room. And yes, I do know that's part of the main reason why they brought him back. But I'm hoping and praying to God that he is not the starting running back come week one of the 2022 season he went from a buck 52 weeks ago to recording only 24 yards on 12 carries that deserved a one-year extension really john you could talk about the offensive line but Russ burkhead did not show his worth in that game on yesterday david johnson please let this be the end of him in a Houston Texans jersey. I don't care what they do or who they bring. If if Nick Casario and the Texans organization do not do anything else, they need to make sure that they revamp this backfield because this cannot continue to happen. This is the second season in a row this backfield has been god-awful. And as a matter of fact, John, you can let me know if you agree. I think this version of the Texans backfield in 2021 might have been by far the most disappointing position group of this of, of the entire season. It, it was just a disgrace, man. Well, I will disagree with you there because I believe that the interior offensive line has been the most disappointing. Well, the offensive line, but specifically the interior between the guards, between the tackles, have been the most disappointing, uh, I would say, group so far for the Houston Texans. And when this trade with Deshaun Watson goes down and the Houston Texans get those picks back, they should absolutely draft an offensive lineman in their first round. And I have a few that I love to talk about. I'll get into that later. But specifically for this game, which we're discussing on this recap, in the first half, nine rushing yards, 0.8 yards per carry. Now, the carries between the tackles goes as follows. The first play that kick it off with a, with, a, with a run, that goes for six yards. And then it goes as follows. Between the center, one yard. Heading towards the left tackle, three yards. Between the guard, the center between the guard, zero yards. Between up towards the left guard, one yard. The middle, 
between the center, once again, negative. Between the center, negative one, negative two, and negative one once again. They're not able to get any you know, real push in between the tackles. The guard center guard play has been, if there's a word more than disappointing, please find it and comment it, listeners and viewers, because that's what it's been. Now, yesterday, one player that I watched thoroughly throughout the entire game was Titus Howard. And I think Titus Howard, who has been playing left tackle you know, for the last couple of games, whenever he did play, Titus Howard has had some good moments. But on Sunday, that was the best version of Titus Howard I've ever seen in the NFL. At that left tackle position, back at the natural position at tackle, where he you know, did struggle as much as he did at guard, but he looked very good uh, beating the likes of Autry beating the likes of whoever they put on his side of the lineup, taking on some of those blitzes, picking them up at the last second, using his strength, upper body strength to stop guys rushing them. And I think that when you look at him for the future, whether you want to move him back to the right side or you keep him at the left, move on from Larry Tunsil, and then you focus on rebuilding the right side of your offensive line, I think that was one of those games where he showcased why he should be back and should be important moving forward for this rebuild, revamping of the Houston Texans. But it is between the guards, between the guards and the guard play that they have had most of their problems this year. Now, the first half was just disappointing overall. But in the second half, when we look at Nico Collins catching hot, when we look at Davis Mills catching hot, and what else did we see? We'll get into that more on the other side. But before we get into the second half and the rest of the game, I do want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plans. Bill Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it over and over again, unlike other protein bars, where they can be very chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but I know it gets boring. By week three, you might be thinking to yourself, this is not worth it, whereas the chocolate will. Bill Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. Real chocolate at that. And most Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of those net carbs. So here's an idea. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bill.com. And Texan fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, right? And I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the best edge possible. And throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever, okay? Online gambling is on a mission to be the best in the world most empowering gambling and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing their best, the best and most trusted experience online every day, all day. Online gambling is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. They want you to win. Visit the website for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs. Visit the website for all of the latest NFL news. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all of the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment, the final recap Monday here on Locked On Texans. And before me and John talk about the defense, we do want to continue our conversation about what we saw from this offense. And John, look, we we already sung Davis Mills' praises in the first segment, but I actually wanted to take, a, take it a little bit step further. And I do want to mention this. Davis Mills, as you and I say a lot here on Locked On Texans, this young man has a lot of promise. And I'm going to take it as far as to say that might have been one of, if not the best performance I've seen from Davis Mills throughout this entire season. And I say that only because, yes, the first half was bad. He only threw for 61 yards. But in that second half, he threw for 240 yards, three touchdowns, and he did that without Brandon Cooks on the field. Because yes. Brandon Cooks hurt his knee in the final drive before the Texans went in at halftime, and it was down 21 nothing. And for that young man to go out there without his best receiver, that should get people excited. Because, look, it's, it's, it's almost similar to what I was saying last year about the performance that we saw from Deshaun Watson in his first full season without DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying that Deshaun is better without D-Hop. I'm not saying that Davis Mills is better without Brandon Cooks. But if those two quarterbacks, and of course for this argument, I'm talking about Davis Mills, for that young man to go out there and still showcase that he still has promise, to go out there and still put points on the board, that is saying a lot that, look, it's not the fact that he's playing with one of the best or underrated receivers in the league. This young man really have talent. And, and I'll also add this. Whether it comes by the NFL draft or free agency next year, the Houston Texans should prioritize bringing in a slot receiver. Uh, Davis Mills and Danny Amendola in the second half he caught those seven catches for the 113 yards and two touchdowns. It just seemed like he's very comfortable. Even when he broke, when the pocket broke down, he was able to move around, use his legs, which is another part of his game we wanted to see more of, and find Danny Amendola, who, by the way, just kind of killed that zone the Tennessee Titans were running yesterday, right? He was able to just find places, sit, catch the ball, and make moves. And I think for the Houston Texans, you can't really consider bringing back a 36-year-old slot receiver and expecting for him to be durable the entire year or to be somewhat relevant for what he was this year. But Davis Mills and a slot cornerback, I think they're going to do wonders for this offense, not only for next year, but for the future. And then we look at the defense. The defense in that first time, I think that was the fastest and most disciplined I've seen that defense play all year. Yeah, and when I take a look at this Texans defense, look, it's it's more so the same. Because the Texans offense could not sustain their drive in the first half, it's part of the reason why the Texans defense did give up 21 points. I'm going to say 14 points because that should not have been a pass interference call, and that should have been an interception for Lonnie Johnson, which if I'm not mistaken, that would have been like his fourth or fifth interception for this, entire, for this entire 2021 season. And, John, I'm with you. I do hope that that is a guy that they not only – bring back but that, that is also a, another foundational piece that the Texans can actually use for this rebuild however the best part of the Texans defense I do believe that this might have been one of their best performance stopping the run because look your boy Dante Foreman 
Coming into this game, this is a guy who has recorded over 100 yards in three of the Titans' last five games. And we know how much the Tennessee Titans love running the ball regardless of who is in their backfield. And the Texans held Dante Foreman to 69 yards on the day. That is something that really needs to be that 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 really needs to be shouted out here on this final recap monday here on locked on texans and look john i know we got the entire offseason to talk about this and of course oh man whatever is going to happen with david cully and his coaching staff but i do want to say this before moving on lovey smith that man did one hell of a job coaching this season because for nick casario to find what a band of misfits on on, on defense and to have them top seven in takeaways after they recorded what was it like five six total takeaways the entire 2020 season that is saying a lot lovey smith did a damn good job coaching this team on the defensive side of the ball and i'll also say this moving forward when i looked at that defense on sunday and when i looked at them periodically throughout the year the combination of Roy lopez and Ross Blacklock, I think, is a foundational piece as well. I'm not trying to overhype it. Roy Lopez, for sure, is a player that I think Houston needs to pour a lot into, right? Make sure he's more doable throughout the games. Because at times, you may see him for a drive, I mean, a player two on one drive, and then he'll miss drives, right? I know playing that zero or that two-out position, you may pick and choose when you want to use him. But the run defense is significantly better when he's out on that field. He makes linebackers' jobs so much easier to flow through gaps and make plays. He made he made uh, Kamal Bougie Hill job on Sunday so much easier. Christian Kirksey job on Sunday so much easier because of the way he's able to eat up those blocks and push the center or guard back and allow them to kind of just free range and read wherever the running back is going. So he's a player that I actually love. And Vita Vega got his extension, I think, the four years, 72, on Saturday or Friday. He reminds me a lot of Vita Vea, and Houston got a big steal. For Ross Black, like I've said it a couple of times before, I think he's in offseason away on Sunday. He has some of those moves that he's just working on. He's getting better, getting better. And I also think he's another player that needs to just build his durability up and get more time under his belt. But those two together for the interior defensive line, I loved when they were on the field on Sunday because they were a matchup problem for the Ben Joneses, for Tennessee Titans, and an interior offensive line between the guards and the uh, guards and the guard for uh, the Titans. Now, look at Kamo Gugier Hill. I think he's a must bring back. I don't know if Houston overpays for him, but he is a player that has hinted that he wants to come back for the Titans. I'm sorry for the Texans. They got to bring him back. My listeners are making up to twenty five cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You know what you need to do? Pull out your phone, whether it's Apple or Android. Go to your Google Play. Go to your App Store and download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college and get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or SCORE for college to get up to 50 cent cash back per gallon on your first tank.
Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Be sure to check out our episode for tomorrow as we continue discussing the future for the Houston Texans. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Cody, you were at the game on Sunday in that press box looking down from the sky. And, you know, last week I kind of mentioned that it felt like David Cully needed this win. And in the first half, it didn't feel like that win was going to be given to him, right? The team offensively looked very lethargic. And then eventually the defense kind of slowed down themselves. In the second half, things ramped up for their offense. And the energy in that building seemed to be crazy. But the question is, the future of David Cullen. Last week, John McClain mentioned that it's more likely he'll be retained. And now, just a couple of days later, we're hearing that it may not come back. <laughs> What's going on with that situation as we get ready for it wasn't even – it's not going to be Black Monday. Coaches were getting fired on Sunday. <laughs> Some of them guys couldn't even get out of church. But in terms of David Culley, first-year head coach, who many has looked at as a bridge coach, a bridge a bridge coach, excuse me, a coach that wasn't going to last that long, will he come back for year two? Or what's going on with that situation? Nobody knows, and nobody is telling me this, but – I find it kind of ironic that last week we started hearing rumblings that David Cully is going to come back. He is nine times out of ten going to retain his role as the Houston Texans head coach for another season. And in the next 48 to 72 hours, all of a sudden we start hearing rumblings that, yeah, he's on the hot seat and he is likely going to be fired come Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I say all that just to say, John, listeners, viewers, look, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, we're going to start seeing the first the the first batch of head coaches to be fired on this Black Monday. And I'm wondering if there are if there is a surprise firing that the Houston Texans had on their radar. And they're looking at this from a standpoint of that's a guy that we want as our head coach and they are moving on from David Cully. Now, once again, nobody is telling me that that is just my speculations about the whole thing because john like i just mentioned i kind of i find it kind of ironic i think we talked about this what last wednesday or last thursday but what i will say is this once again it only makes sense to get rid of david cully it, it it just depends on what is your goal for the 2022 season if your goal is to compete, become relevant, you know, reach a, a, a ceiling nobody think you guys can reach, which is possible given the promise that we're seeing from guys like Davis Mills, Nico Collins, and the rest of these young guys, you know, then you move on from them. But if 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 but if you are still going to be in this god awful rebuild stage again, you got to keep him around because after yesterday's game, we talked to Davis Mills, we talked to Kamaguje Hill. We talked to, um, I think, Jalil Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. No, Malik Collins. We talked to Malik Collins. And we also talked to Nico Collins. I say all that just to say every single one of those guys talked about how much they love David Cully. And like I mentioned, every single time we talk about whether or not David Cully is going to be here or not, he has the respect of that locker room. And those 50, well, I was about to say 53, but. 52 men inside that locker room. They love David Cully and they got a lot of respect for that guy. And 
you know, it's hard. It's it's hard to say, man. But we're gonna find out sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, Cody had an opportunity to ask David Cully as of right now. You know, how did he feel about his job security? And he went on to say, I'm just looking forward to tomorrow and exit me exit meetings with our players. He also said as of right now, he believes he will still be the coach of the Houston Texans next season. And so he may be under one impression. Nick Casario may be under one impression. However, Nick Casario does come from the New England Patriot tree where they don't let a lot leak out into the press or the media. They may already be on terms of where they want to go moving forward, and this is all just a play in order for them to get ready for the uh, upcoming offseason. Now, I wonder if they're going to move on from him completely or maybe bring him back in some other role for the Houston Texans. I just think it would be completely unfair to this man. You fired him one year, and he didn't even, got, he didn't even get the opportunity to pick and choose some of the things that a head coach coming in to a new team would normally get a chance to pick and choose. I'm John Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. And you guys have been doing a great job of doing this. Don't got to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Subscribe to the YouTube page, Locked On Texans. Like, comment, and subscribe. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And that 24 is for the total number of rushing yards Rex Burkhead had. And that awarded him an extension for the 2022 season. (laughs) Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot in store for you guys this offseason.